Toronto, Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Yathas from the Elite City Resort in Kalamata, Greece. I uh, was walking through some olive groves after we uh, finished touring uh, ancient Messenia. Uh, some amazing uh, ancient Greek ruins there. And the sound of the cicadas was deafening. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the cicadas. We have, I don't know what we call them in Canada. I guess they're called cicadas. But here, they refer to them as zizika. It's one of those sounds that's synonymous with summer in Greece. They live in the trees, you know, the olive trees especially. They're, uh, I guess, about the size of a grasshopper. They're not much to look at. They're not, <laughs> not very attractive, but their wings are beautiful, lacy, colorful wings. So we're standing under this olive tree for some shade as we're coming back from the Messinian ruins. And we could, bear, we could barely hear each other over the sound of these, uh, of these cicada. Uh, anyway, it is, uh, for some, I guess it's kind of a nuisance. For others, it's just beautiful music. And you can tell the temperature, apparently, by the cicadas. Uh, the louder they are, the hotter it is. And they were pretty loud yesterday, so that'll give you an idea uh, how hot it was. In any event, uh, enjoying our stay here in, uh, in Greece immensely and uh, coming to you, as I say, live from the Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata, just steps from the Messinian Bay. And as I look out the window here, uh, I see the uh, Tahito Mountains, uh, just a stone's throw from the, uh, the resort. So you've got the mountains, you've got the sea. What more can you ask? Last night, I was uh, floating on my back, my, sort of my evening ritual, after I check uh, my email at the uh, the Internet Cafe, right on the beach, went in for a, a dip, floated on my back, and then my nephew, my boys, and I, still in our bathing suits and our water shoes, just walked down the, the boardwalk to a, a, a restaurant, one of countless restaurants uh, along the beach, and had some of the most amazing octopus uh, that I've had in quite some time. And you're probably familiar with uh, people like uh, Dr. Oz on the Oprah Winfrey uh, Network, and he extols the virtues of the Mediterranean diet. And one of the, the healthy foods is octopus and, of course, olive oil, which uh, everything here is, uh, is uh, dripping with olive oil. And oregano, of course, uh, is found in abundance here. And so I thought, well, who better to talk about the uh, the virtues of things like oregano and other foods that have healing properties, really, than an old friend of the program, and that, of course, would be Dr. Cassingram. He's uh, the author of dozens of books on health and wellness, including The uh, Miracle of Wild Oregano, which we're going to talk about over the next hour, The Cure is in the Cupboard, Supermarket Remedies, How to Eat Right, Live Longer, and The Body-Shaped Diet. He's a popular speaker, prolific author on the topic of natural health. He's been interviewed on more than 5,000 TV radio programs throughout the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., and he's a favorite of ours here on The Conspiracy Show. Dr. Cass Ingram, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing uh, fantastic. Uh, uh, how, how have you been doing? Well, you can imagine. I'm, I'm sitting here in Greece enjoying uh, everything that it has to offer, especially the food, and I thought, I, I got to have Cass on while I'm down here because you know you're Mr. Oregano. Yeah. Well, look, uh, the the incidence of certain diseases in Greece and Turkey, uh, Lebanon, uh, Palestine, what's left of that, all of those areas, it's clearly different than what we have in the United States and Canada. 
And, and, uh, and of course, Giovinici did his study in Harvard thinking that it was lycopene in pizza um, and, and tomato-based products that protected against prostate cancer. But now we think that we know uh, that instead it's the oregano, <laughs> as they say in Greece. Uh, so, so I'm quite convinced that, you know, this recent study I know you wanted to interview me about, that our work uh, is really like a cure for prostate disorders, including prostate cancer, from the cases that I've, you know, I've, I've dealt with. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. It's a, well, let's talk about this, this Long Island University study that, that's uh, headed up by a team of researchers. Tell me more. Well, Primarily, it's drug company sponsored because they're using basically like a chemical form of oregano. But even the chemical form uh, shocked them as to what the results were to such a degree that they start talking about it like a, like it's a cure. And you know, the medical profession and the research community doesn't talk cure that often with a natural compound. What they discovered was that if you take human cancer cell lines for prostate cancer and you, you put them in a cell broth or whatever, and you add the, you know, uh, carvacrol, which is one of the ingredients of oregano, you add that, uh, and it kills 99.9% of the cancer cells, and they, they don't regrow, they're, they're just gone, they're wiped out uh, through programming the cell to self-destruct. Well, we don't really need to spend $8 billion and close both of our eyes into a double-blind study because you have the Bible, for example, which which, and I'm not a scriptural expert, but it, I'm an expert on oregano, and it says you should purge yourself, basically, attributed to David. And it's with hyssop, but hyssop is from Aesop, and, which is Greek, and Aesop is from Hebrew, which is Esoph. And Esop means wild oregano in, in Hebrew. So it's, wow. it's, it's a purge, you know. Um, uh, the Prophet Muhammad said it's, it cures colds. We know it does, uh, and, and runny nose. Jesus Christ, in some of the apocryphal scriptures, apparently uh, saying that hot ointments are what you need. Well, the heat in that era, in, emulsified into fat, would have been the oregano because that's what grows over there. You know, in in that whole area. Um, it's like a weed. So they're, they're studying the chemical compound in oregano at, uh, at Long Island University, but you've been working with wild oregano extracts in the treatment of, of various diseases. I've been Tell using me about some of your, your case histories. Yeah, I've been using the crude, unprocessed whole extract, the wild kind, but not the commercial kind that's now so many fake brands in, in Canada and elsewhere. Uh, in the United States, but the original mountainous material from Turkey and Greece, extracted with steam and put into olive oil to make oil of oregano, you know, the oregano we, you and I both take. Uh, and then also the juice of oregano, which is very novel, I'll explain that, and the whole crude herb, the oregamax, which is the village formula of oregano and Rus coriorea, which are both Mediterranean spices. What our uh, cases are, are human cases, not just cell culture, before and after CAT scans, which started out with prostatitis. I mean, the reason I got into this was, you know, I wrote the book, The Cures in the Cupboard, and I started to codify the case histories, and one of the case histories was a guy who had terrible prostatitis. He had it on and on for, off for years. He just took the oil of oregano, the P73, under the tongue, 
three or four drops twice a day, and he, he purged his, his prostatitis, which was probably like an infection. Uh, and, uh, and then I, I had these cases of benign prostatic hypertrophy, and the doctor came back and said, you do not have a hypertrophic prostate anymore since you've been taking the oregano oil. And the coup de dar was, was that we had a case of prostate cancer, and we had the CAT scan, and it's about the size of a hazelnut. And then two months after a combination of this Regamax, this triage, this oil of oregano, the juice of oregano, the, the prostate cancer, I mean, we did the CAT scan again, and it was just a piece of scar tissue. The, the hazelnut was gone. It, it ate the stupid cancer out. Wow. So the active chemical in oregano that they're studying at Long Island University, I'm, I'm guessing that the drug companies are going to, if this is successful, they're going to try and synthesize this and, and rather than have uh, you know, a, a botanical uh, drug, they'll end right. up with a, with, a, with a chemical version of that. Well, this is correct. It is effective. Well, it's not as effective because we did the study at Georgetown University where we took Sigma Chemicals synthetic carvacrol and we found and, and compared it in mice, infected the mice with candida yeast, and it was uh, 50% as effective as the whole crude P73 oil of oregano with all of the divine, you know, interactions of 40 different ingredients versus one ingredient which is why I'm against all these people with their carvacrol wars. I have 80%, I have 70%, I have 90%. You measure it and you find out none of them are speaking the truth. We need to get back to just using, just like we've talked about, how God made it, unaltered. That's why I'm healthy. That's why I've helped so many people, because I, you know, I want to keep whatever is found in nature in its whole form. I don't understand it. Who can understand what's in a piece of bread? Nobody even understands what's in honey. In, in royal jelly, for example, they still can't break the code. They, five to seven percent of the act, active ingredients are unknown. One day they're going to find a new B vitamin they didn't know about. We don't know what's in anything. We know a few teeny things, one percent. So, so you know, man is stupid in that respect. Even when we synthetic, synthesize vitamins, we take coal tar, which is a carcinogen, or we take petrol, like hexane, gasoline, and we synthesize food dyes and, and vitamins from, from poison. <laughs> right. If, if I'm at the restaurant and I'm taking oregano on my village salad, my tomato salad, which is sort of my uh, daily routine here, Am I getting the benefits of, of that anti-cancer fighting Yes, you are, because the Venucci study showed that even commercial oregano, and you're getting the pure kind there in Greece, hopefully, yes. um, it was, was, was effective in preventing prostate cancer. Look, in, if, you, if you study the incidence of prostate cancer in Turkey and Greece, it's considerably lower. Uh, and, of course, they... The oregano grows there in the mountains, and they're using it in so many different foods. But, uh, but you know, obviously, if you really want to take on someone who has it, they've got the prostatitis, they've got the prostate uh, hypertrophy, they've got the carcinoma. You need the extract, you know. Uh, you really should be taking a concentrate to obliterate the problem. Case history. 
How about this one? How about stage four prostate cancer, inoperable, guy's going to die. Uh, doctor doesn't know what to do. He says it's the worst hardened prostate he's seen in years. The guy Let me just uh, jump in here, uh, Cass, because we've got to take a time out. We'll, um, we'll come back to that case history on the other side. The Conspiracy Show broadcasting live from the beautiful Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata. Dr. Cass Ingram talking about wild oregano right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Coming to you live from the Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata, Greece. And I uh, failed to mention off the top, we have a new affiliate. Very proud to welcome WCRA AM 1090 in Springfield, Illinois. So to all the, uh, the folks at WCRA AM 1090, their news talk leader, welcome. Great to have you part of the uh, Conspiracy Show family here. Dr. Cass Ingram is with us in and around Chicago, not too far from Springfield, I believe. And he's here to talk about the seemingly miraculous properties associated with wild oregano. And, of course, I'm getting plenty of wild oregano here in Kalamata. And, of course, we're all familiar with um, oregano as, you know, sprinkling it on pizza and so forth. And we've even become familiar, thanks to Dr. Ingram over the years, about its use as a powerful antioxidant and a germ killer. But now we're hearing from a team of researchers at Long Island University, a new role for this fragrance spice, a weapon in the fight against prostate cancer. So, Dr. Ingram, you were telling us about this uh, case history of a, a gentleman who had a tumor in his prostate. I think you said it was about the size of a hazelnut. Tell yeah, us this is a that. different one. This is worse. This is an extension. The hazelnut guy is cured. He's finished. Ah. This guy, nobody knew what to do with him, but you see, he's from Louisiana. He loves sugar. He's in a moist environment, and he's got toenail fungus and, and fingernail fungus. And so what I told him is, look, you're not going to take three to five drops of the oil and knock this thing out. You've got to hit it hard. You've got to clear all that fungus. The fungus is trapped up in your prostate. You know, with a woman, she's got the vaginal, so she knows if she's got an itch or drainage. The man's got gonna, the membranes are stuck inside the, inside the prostate. They don't know what's going on. And so... I put him on like 300 drops of the Super Strength T73 material, which is the edible kind. You can put, you can use huge doses of that. You can't use huge doses of these off brands. And then, you know, gave him the juice of oregano and, and about 25 oregamax a day. Now, six months later, now he's taking a few other things, all herbal. Six months later, he's all he's also taking the combination of oregano and pro, and pumpkin seed oil concentrate. I'll talk to you about that later. The doctor goes in, and instead of feeling a hard, uh, you know, gnarly prostate that seems to be attached by extension into the rest of the, you know, areas, he gets something that's smooth and compresses. The guy says, hey, this is like, I mean, this is impossible, you know. He was so astonished, he fell right into it and said, it's got to be the oregano, and I'm going to write up, you know, write this into a book or publish it, because there's no way we could expect that uh, reversal of your extent of prostate. But you see, herein lies the hoax, and therefore your show. When 
Warburg, uh, Otto Warburg, said that you know there's not enough oxygen in the cancer, and so it's an anaerobic tissue. But he also found fungus as a co-operative uh, with the cancer. So you've got the cancer or the fungus or the fungus or the cancer. The oregano takes out the fungus. You know, if you have a an insect and it's got bacteria and it's got and you kill the bacteria, the insect will die because it's dependent on those insects. Human being can withstand that better. Um, but the oregano, when it when it kills the fungus, the cancer involutes it, it self destructs, and that's what happened with this guy. It's a miracle. We talked about prostate cancer, but what other um, what other ailments have you seen success with when when treating it with Tongue wild cancer, oregano extract? You know, just super strength oregano oil juice of oregano um, for skin cancer, topically for melanoma. I'm just giving. I, mean, I want to give out the big ones, you know, because a little bit of shock therapy here, leukemia, feline leukemia. Uh, you know, um, uh, breast cancer, especially when adding in the juice, and we've got someone with inflammatory breast cancer. She reversed it completely. Um, I mean, these people are writing books. The doctor's writing a book, he says. The woman on the breast cancer is writing a book. Tell, try to tell her story. Lyme disease, West Nile, SARS, summer flu, summer cough, sinusitis, bronchitis because they're fungal some cases of eczema, and uh, occasionally you'll get a psoriatic where the oregano in high enough doses, especially if you add in the oregoresp and oregamax, will be rooted out. And I mean, these are some of the big, big ones that would shock people to know that the one herb by itself would do all of that. Well, I've kind of an interesting story. Um, while we've been here, uh, my twin boys are in the water about four hours a day. And one night, Zachary was complaining about a, 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 an earache, really bad earache. And I tried, I didn't, I didn't bring any children's Tylenol or anything like that. I, I tried putting a warm washcloth on his ear, and nothing was working. And uh, I was lying down with, in bed with him, and he was really uncomfortable. And uh, so all I had was this tomato salad, uh, and I thought, I'll take a little bit of the uh, the olive oil, and it had uh, oregano mixed in it, and I put it on the stove, and I just warmed it. And I took a, a cotton swab, and I dipped it in the um, the oil and oregano um, juice, I guess. Yeah. And I just put it down into the canal of his ear gently, just a few drops. And after about an hour, he fell asleep. <laughs> Woke up the next day, no earache. Now, I don't know if it was because he had water in his ear and the oil displaced yes. the water or what that was. Well, the water in the ear, but the, could develop some pathogens and parasites, different things in the water, and the ear is vulnerable. So uh, what a good idea to maybe give them a little oil of oregano before they swim and after or whatever, um, just as prevention. You know, People always want to know when you talk about cures and so forth and that's you know obviously very controversial when you talk about cures they want to know okay has this been written up in peer-reviewed journals we know that the the long island university research they're working with the chemical ingredients but in terms of the 
the herbs themselves, the wild herbs, have these been documented in peer-reviewed journals? Well, no, because who is going to do it? You know, it's uh, we. I'm, we've done some peer-reviewed journal work, uh, published about seven or eight studies, which are significant, uh, and we're working on a human trial of forty patients with toenail fungus. So, yeah, I mean, but you're, and there have been I don't know four or five hundred studies published on oregano oil uh, in treatment of candida and the treatment of of uh, you know sort of cold flu bronchial but but those are expensive uh they usually are subsidized they're on the basis of a maybe a two three billion dollar drug who's going to do it and it's a waste of money we have the ethnobotanical use these are grass substances that we're talking about tonight oregano pumpkin seed oil they're foods it's nice to do a bit of a clinical trial, you know, it might cost 50,000 bucks and you can show and demonstrate with 40 patients the efficacy. Uh, those are good, but no, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Who's going to be convinced? And you can't get any approval from the medical profession anyway. Well, because there's no, there's no, there's no payoff for the drug companies, I guess, because they're not going to be producing a drug out of a natural herbal product. No way. I mean, they, what that. they do is they, they've been buying up herbal companies. Uh, and one wonders what the quality then is when you've got a privately owned thing and it goes into the hands of an abbot or, uh, you know, sharing plow or whatever it is. So, uh, so it's really two diametrically opposed things. What God makes and what man makes. Drugs are, made, are man-made. Uh, drugs are, as you know, the number one cause of fatality. If you add the Canadian fatalities to the American fatalities, and then you look at heart disease. Drug therapy supersedes heart disease as the number one cause of fatality because, look, you've got the antibiotic-resistant germs that which take out about 350,000 Canadians and Americans every year. We're just talking about Canadians and Americans because you're based there. Uh, you have properly used drugs in hospitals which take out about 150,000 a year dead i'm talking about killing the drug samples uh that are given in in other drugs that are given in a doctor's office or pharmacy take out another 25 50,000 a year you you've already got more there than than a heart disease it's so amazing. so amazing. there's a big difference has anybody died in the last 50,000 years from oregano or pumpkin seed extract. <laughs> they, instead, they live in, they're living not unless, you, not unless the, uh, I don't know, uh, they tripped and fell on the oregano bush or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, then they would auto-immunize themselves from any infection. There oh you God. go. Dr. Cass Ingram is with us. Why don't we open up the phone lines uh, and uh, people have uh, questions, comments, uh, not only about oregano, but of course you've written uh, some amazing books, not only The Miracle of Wild Oregano, but The Cures in the Cupboard, Supermarket Remedies. So let's, let's open up the phone lines and talk I'm, about foods that heal. I'm not uh, shy also to talk about my about medical them. things like Boston hoax and, and Sandy hoax. So if they want to talk about that, I'm happy to, because as a medical doctor, I'm analyzing all this corruption, you know, as well as medical disasters. You know, so. Yeah, let's focus on the, uh, I'd really like to focus on the, uh, the, 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 medical, foods that, yeah. the foods that cure, as we're talking about oregano here tonight. So Tim Spreen back in studio. 
uh, open up those phone lines, questions and comments for Dr. Cass Ingram. Uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, uh, olive oil as well? Olive oil would be great. Olive oil. Olive oil would be great if you took it daily, you see, uh, or even every other day. The data shows that people who regularly consume olive oil live quite a bit longer. In fact, the, the most centenarians, besides, I think Okinawa maybe, but certainly Crete is, is probably higher, uh, and it's the number one consume olive oil in the world. So the more olive oil that we consume, because what happens is the oleic acid acts as a fuel for the heart. Plus it has antioxidants. You know? So olive oil, oregano, uh, I was just talking about the joint octopus, uh, but the Mediterranean diet is, is uh, just wonderful, I mean, for your health. Think about this octopus and squid and all these things and tripe and all the stuff that we never eat. Um, the omega-3s are very rich in the squid and the octopus. The the olive oil provides the monounsaturates. This, there's, you know, then they, they do eat some saturates. Saturates are important as fuel for the cardiac muscle and for the kidneys. Uh, they don't think about that they're going to die if they have two eggs a day, um, if they uh, have pure fat from the intestines or from if they eat liver, if they eat things that are rich in cholesterol, the Italian, the Greek, the Turk, the Lebanese, the what have you, they're not calculating, uh, you know, what it could do to our, them. It's part of their tradition. Yeah. Well, there's this whole new thinking now that cholesterol may not be the culprit in, in heart disease, it, it, that it's all about inflammation. What causes the inflammation? First, you've got the cholesterol thing, and you have to talk about that because when, you know, people have heart attacks it's more common for someone to have a heart attack when they have a low blood cholesterol than a high. So a person who has a blood cholesterol that's very low, we call it 140, 150, 120, they're the, they're the, they're the time bomb for a heart attack, not the person with 220. Uh, so that's the first question. That's if cholesterol is used as, as a wax to seal the arteries. That's why they, they've misconstrued it. When the artery is damaged, um, it's like carnauba wax. It goes, the body goes and patches it with cholesterol. Isn't that interesting? Who would have ever thought? It is. I mean, this, this is totally rethinking everything that we thought we knew about heart disease, if this is the case. Yeah, and you're right. There's no real evidence that, that a bit of a high cholesterol leads to a heart attack. Uh, the inflammation thing, though, can raise the cholesterol level because then the body's, again, trying to repair cells. So it's, it's, it's auto-synthesizing. You know, your liver makes the equivalent of two dozen eggs worth of cholesterol every day. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it would be foolish to, to try to restrict your egg intake as a, as a kind of therapy. You're going to restrict. You might want to tell your liver to quit making cholesterol then. You know. Okay, Dr. Cass, we'll take a time out back with more in a moment as we talk about foods that cure here in The Conspiracy Show, live from the Elite City Resort in Kalamata. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides, you're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
Coming at you live from the Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata, Greece. Uh, Dr. Cass Ingram on the line, the author of over a dozen books on health and wellness, including The Miracle of Wild Oregano, The Cures in the Cupboard, Supermarket Remedies, How to Eat Right and Live Longer. We've been talking about uh, oregano, a study at the University of Long Island, a team of researchers, um, hold out uh, great promise that uh, one of the chemical compounds in oregano uh, may, in fact, combat prostate cancer. Uh, but we're talking about other foods as well, other foods that heal. I know that you're very big on wild berries. Uh, um, very much so. Yeah, very much so. There was a study done in um, which they took, again, cancer cells, and, and then they got the cancer cells growing and cooking. Then they added organic, I, I believe it was organic berry extract. This is blackberries. Uh, and it didn't do anything. You know, you would have thought with all the flavonoids and elagic acid and all that, it didn't do anything at all. But when they added wild blackberries, it obliterated the cancer cells. So, you what know, is it about we, the, it, it, the wild versus the farmed variety? Yeah, exactly. I call it the divine energy or the divine uh, dance of Brownian motion and high. Uh, photonic energy and also the soil of like the boreal forest in Canada, for example, or the mountains of Turkey, where there's nobody messing with that soil. So we don't understand the natural soil mechanics. What we do is we plow it under. <laughs> right, right. And nature doesn't plow anything under, you know, it just leaves it there. And, and so... Uh, what I would say Ed, is that if we could find anything wild, let's say we want turmeric, we want oregano, we want berries, we want a berry extract, or we want to treat a disease, and we know that dandelion is good for that, well, are we going to get any benefit from a ground-up commercial dandelion, dried dandelion in a, in a capsule? No. We'd have to make an extract of the wild dandelion, the wild dandelion root. You know, we had a cat. The cat uh, was listless and just, you know, and, and, and not having good bowel movements and went seven days without bowel. So we, we gave her a product called Dandomax. And Dandomax is wild Canadian uh, dandelion root and leaf in the raw. And in, in in, in, in we mixed it in the cat's food. And the cat's like a whole, you know, it's 19 years old, but it's like a whole other creature. Wow. And, you know, and you just grind the leaves and the and the petals and everything right well, into the... no, this is this is an actual health food store product. Okay. Dandomax. This is an extract. But how is it? Uh, where the pickers pick the wild dandelions and, and no, this is a traditional food in in Greece. You know, dandelion originates from Greece and Turkey. That's where they it was brought here. It's right. not an original to the United States or Canada. No, they yeah, the, all these greens they cook up and they call it horta. Yeah, yeah. But nobody in the United States uses it, so we get congested. We don't have anything to activate the liver. You know, these are the waxes. These are, the, these are, they're waxes like cholesterol in the dandelion. You know, when you and, and they're resins. You know, you snap a dandelion leaf and you see that white the milk, wax yes. come. You see, that's medicine. It's also anti-wart. You can put it on a wart. But oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, if, and. And the root in the fall or in the uh, early spring has the medicine in it uh, for decongesting the liver. 
for improving the bowel. And if you have constipation, it's finished with this stuff. That's how powerful it's amazing. Yeah. So much of this knowledge has been uh, lost to us. I guess, you know, the Native Americans and Native Canadians knew about this. I'm well, they, Native Canadians were the ones who introduced me to Chaga, and now uh, there's a revolution uh, of interest in Chaga. So, yeah, we talked so about that's that why that I say the double this, this is this fungus uh, that seems to grow on, the, on, on birch trees up in the boreal forest. Right. And nobody knows for sure what it is. It's kind of like a fungus kind of like a tumor on the birch tree. Uh, if the birch tree dies, the chaga dies. If the chaga dies, sometimes the birch tree will die. It's a symbiote. And, that, and there's nothing better than chaga for physical strength and stamina and for getting more out of the day, getting more out of your existence. But then, you know, Aboriginal brothers, uh, God bless them, they said, look, you know, have you ever heard of chaga? I was way up in Manitoba about 10 years ago. I never heard of it. It's, you know, he said it grows on a birch tree. I said, what birch tree? I mean, I've seen thousands of birch trees. So, you know, these are things that we just pass by. And what he told me is that it cures cancer. So that's why I didn't really do much with it, because it's like, how are you going to do that in the United States without getting arrested? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Indeed, After, you're trading on uh, dangerous territory there. You know, so I didn't, but when I, when I got burnt out from writing so many books and doing so, traveling, doing lecturing, and just kind of not getting much out of my body or my mind, uh, I, I brewed up some of the chaga. I was waking up at 11 o'clock every morning. I didn't like that. I brewed up the chaga. I drank it. And I woke up at 4.30 in the morning looking for something to do around the house. <laughs> Organizer's sock drawers. Dr. Cass Ingram stays with us. We'll be back on the other side. Broadcasting live from the Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata, Greece. Stay with us. The Show with Richard Serrett. Broadcasting live from the Elite City Resort Hotel in Kalamata, where the sun is uh, up and over the mountains and shimmering on the um, beautiful Messinian Bay. Looks like another great day here. Hope you're having a great day as well. Dr. Cass Ingram stays with us, author of over a dozen books on health and wellness, including The Miracle of Wild Oregano, in which we, uh, we spent the first half of the program uh, discussing, and uh, also The Cures in the Cupboard, Supermarket Remedies, How to Eat Right and Live Longer. Got an email here from Andrew, uh, Dr. Cass, because you yeah. mentioned turmeric. He wants to know more about turmeric. Yeah, turmeric is mainly for anti-inflammatory. Uh, that's it. I mean, that's the kingpin value of it. But the corollary is a reduction in the in the risk for Alzheimer's disease. This is a nice side effect. I'm interested in turmeric, wild turmeric, commercial turmeric, and turmeric capsules or curcumin capsules are extracted with hexane. So I have never used those. To me, what does that mean, hexane? Well, hexane is gasoline, basically. It's oh. similar. If I told you I got a nice dandelion salad, but I want to extract the ingredients out of it, I'm soaking it in gasoline. Then I'll that drive that off with, with heat. Would you eat the residue? Not a chance. What I tried to do was uh, hunt wild turmeric, and I found it about, I guess, three years ago. So before I tell him about what turmeric does, he needs to know the best quality. And so they extracted it with carbon dioxide, you know, supercritical extraction, and with steam. And now there's a product called Turmerol at the Healthy Planet and I think some nature source, whatever it is. Turmerol 
is 100% wild turmeric case history. There was a woman with sciatica. You know, sciatica is miserable. Yes, indeed. And sometimes you can, even if you try to treat it with osteopathy or chiropractic traction, nothing. It just so so. She took this turmeric, and it cured her sciatica. So she told the whole universe about it. So I like real turmeric, even if it was just organic turmeric ground up in a capsule. That or turmeric for intractable pain issues, like sciatica, like. Uh, lumbar spine issues, spinal stenosis, certainly even ruptured intervertebral disc along with whatever medical care is you know, being done, uh, back pain itself, neuropathy, but then also Alzheimer's, prevention and treatment. Uh, inflammation so in general, exciting. arthritis, yeah. yeah. Alzheimer's, treatment and prevention. Right. Now, See, there's a big this must, be, this must have been written up in the journals. I'm sorry? This must have been written up in the journals it talking is. about Alzheimer's. Oh, it is. This is, I mean, the, the data is quite compelling. Anybody could do a search, Alzheimer's, scientific studies, turmeric, uh, curcumin. And, uh, you know, even the solvent extracted form is, is working. But, I mean, you know, then you get the solvents, too. What about uh, the other herbs and spices, like cinnamon? Well, cinnamon's fantastic, though. How about did we, nobody even paid any attention why all the traditional people would put cinnamon with oatmeal or buns or cakes? It's anti-carbohydrate. It's, ant, it's a glycemic regulator. All these decades, nobody paid anti-diabetic, anti-hypoglycemic. Uh, um, you know, it's, so if you're trying to lose weight, you should take cinnamon. Cinnamon will help. Not as much as hot spices. I mean, really hot spices like mustard. You want to lose weight, then you eat a lot of mustard. You eat a lot of cayenne. You know, hot spices. How do you work? Yeah. Well, it increases the metabolic rate by 35%. You're going to burn weight. Now, it's a dramatic about, thing. You know, French mustard that you put on your hot dog. We're talking about, again, the, 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 the mustard uh, spice, the extract. The, well, no, you could use the mustard. Uh, ideally, the... the crude form, you know, with the little specks of mustard seeds, or horseradish mustard, or English mustard, sure, yellow mustard with horseradish. It's, you know how you feel when you eat mustard. You get heat. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so, I mean, in, in, for every disease, there's a natural cure. Yeah? Uh, maybe it's diatomaceous earth. Maybe it's clay. There's something in nature. Maybe it's an herb. Maybe it's uh, a special uh, mineral water somewhere. Maybe it's, you know, spitting in mud and putting it on the eyes like, you know, Christ Jesus. I mean, the mud has a curative property. Mud, clay, is one of the cures for blindness. You know? Well, I, I know, well, we know the, the story from the, the Bible, eyes. but what, uh, tell me more about that. Well, it, clay is astringent. So if the blindness is due to trachoma, which it was co the most common cause in the Middle East and in that area, which is a chlamydia, you see, and if they put the mud on, within seconds it would, it would draw out all the chlamydia and cure it. Within, you know, it's, that, it's very powerful within whatever time. Um, 
So Christ was quite the natural physician. He must have been. And, of course, you know, that was common in that era. You know, the three wise men were wise. What did they have? They had frankincense and thyme. And that thyme was oregano, not thyme. Nonsense. But, uh, so, I mean, I don't care what you do. I mean, I know from my own experience that anything, an injury, a stupid cancer, uh, a, a pain, if we could match the right herb or earth product or whatever to that disease, then you could uh, you could eradicate that. You could get your health back. Just a few minutes left, uh, Cass. Walk us through in supermarket remedies uh, some common things that you could find on the shelves in a supermarket. We've talked about quite a few of them, but give us some more some some remedies from this. Well, one of them is ginger, which is great for nausea or upset stomach or nausea of pregnancy, and also it's very very good inflammation. So slice ginger root into the tea with your turmeric for your shoulder pain, for your arthritis. Uh, we talk about grapefruit. Grapefruit's fantastic. It lowers cholesterol if you need to do that. It's uh, for dieting. Uh, it's got the pectin. It's got vitamin C. I talk about squash in there. I'm a huge fan of squash. It's low carbohydrate, high in beta carotene. Apricots. Apricots help soften, I mean, have beta carotene. It's good for the skin. You know, supermarket remedies is a book everybody should have, I suppose, on their shelf so they could flip through the 55 foods that are in there. Even I talk about beef. Now we have range-fed beef, which is very healthy, uh, and that beef is also, you know, it's got the conjugated linoleic acid in it, which actually increases burning of fat. Um, so it's a bit of an unusual book. It's not a vegetarian or vegan book. It's, a, it's, it's whatever food, whether meat, egg, uh, yogurt, or particularly the emphasis in the book, of course, is vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds, but all of it. Whatever its health benefit is, you're going to learn about that. And yeah, it's, it, you're not big on the, ve the vegan or vegetarian diet, are you? I mean, you believe in, in, in whole foods, butter. Well, and, and, all the primitives ate uh, a wide range of foods, and the longevity societies ate animal foods. There's no exception to that, by the way. So why would I want to attach myself to a fad? Now, if you need to be a vegan to clean out your body for cancer for a while, but not forever, that's understandable. Uh, because at that point when you have cancer, the iron in red meat is a carcinogen. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, attack the vegans. It's just an ins from a nutritional point of view, it's an incomplete diet. So I, don't, I can't recommend that kind of a diet. Interesting. And how, and how do you feel about uh, these... these um... Uh, you know, people who purge their uh, their bodies. They, uh, for example, I went on one of these diets for five days where you you, uh, you chop up uh, kale and uh, and coconut oil and you put that in a blender with That's lemon good. and yeah, all of that kind of thing is good. And fasting is good. You know, right now you've got the month of Ramadan. People are fasting. It's resting the gut. Uh, there's some things we should be doing more regularly. We should do a juice fast uh, on occasion. We should uh, load up on fruit in the summer, uh, very important summer food. We should, we should, as we get older, cut back on the consumption of meat. We don't need the protein as much. Um, it's hard to digest as well. Yeah, well, um, actually it's harder to digest nuts and seeds and... Um, 
and legumes than it is to digest meat, except pork, right. of course. Um, Interesting. We we, sh- we we as a we as a society should aggressively obliterate the I mean er, the, the consumption of GMOs. We should rigidly look at what a GMO is and not put our money into it. Boycott it by our pocketbook. Well, here in uh, Europe, they've basically told Monsanto to get out. Well, Europe has been trying to get rid of them for quite some time. And then the latest study in France, then that's the end of Monsanto. And it, let me just divert. Europe got rid of the backscatter machine, which I've been against because there's a carcinogen in the airports. They said, we're not going to irradiate our, our, our travelers anymore. But in the United States, they just kept using it until they, they decided to remove it. Uh, it. And it's the same with GMOs. In the United States and Canada, we are the victims. And, and we can't even get the government to label them. That I don't understand. An informed consumer. I mean, that's, that's a, a, a democratic right. Well, I would have thought, and so that's why I say you boycott it. You know, if I can get at least one thing through to everybody, you cannot be eating canola, corn, unless it's certified organic, non-GMO certificate or something, and even then, not so much corn. But anyway, as far as commercial corn, no. Commercial soy, absolutely not. Uh, Commercial canola, absolutely not. Beet sugar, no. These are the big, big, big destructive GMOs that are in the food supply. Especially the problem is, though, in corn. Uh, corn is uh, ingredients from corn. Uh, corn is just about found in everything. And I'm avoiding it to such a degree that uh, when my daughter insisted I should try her corn chips, I said, I don't really eat corn chips. She says they're organic. I was over at her house. Me not eating any GMOs now for five years, you know, that I know of. I ate her corn chips and I went into anaphylactic shock. If I couldn't have just squeezed out, oregano oil, get me some, I probably would have been dead. And so the oregano oil under the tongue, you know, stopped the shock. But let me tell you this. I talked to my top allergist associates and they tell me that anaphylactic shock, you know, fatal or nearly fatal, is up 500% since the GMOs were introduced. So people are dying. I'm telling you that. Well, they're just take it all the way back off. to the beginning of our discussion tonight with oregano. I think you, you, we were in a coffee shop in Toronto when you told me that someone who had suffered a snake bite was saved using oregano oil. Is that good? Uh, brown recluse, snake, if you've got a tick on, saturate the cotton, put it on. It's a universal cure. It's not for everything. But it's almost for everything. <laughs> All right, Dr. Cass, always a pleasure. Thank you for this. Yeah, bye-bye. Dr. Cass Ingram, Miracle of Wild Oregano. All right, that's it for me. And uh, back next week from the Elite City Resort Hotel here in Kalamata, Greece, Tim Spreen, thank you for production. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. 